Hello, and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-hosts and a special guest. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Ryan, the uh, cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and special guest. What up? It's your special guest, Ashiok, back again. All right, so... Pretend you're me, who's been out of the country for the last six days. Um, has anything been going on in uh, Pioneer, guys? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think there might have been like like a, like a big tournament or something. A return to paper magic, I hear. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, somehow I missed that. So uh, that's what we want to talk about this episode, is we definitely want to talk about the fact that the Pro Tour was going on this last weekend. And while I was out of town and missed the whole thing, uh, a lot of important stuff happened. A lot of cool things were coming out of it, I, I got to assume. Hoping you two can be my guides here and fill me in on what happened at the Pro Tour Pioneer 2023 February. Well, I don't know if there's multiple Pro Tours anymore, so well, we're calling it that one. Well, sadly for me, I could only catch parts and glimpses of it because, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, in Japan and I'm waking up super late, so... Well, looks like the illness falls on me and I have great news for both of you. Yay. I was keeping up with it. <laughs> So I would I good, would, good. I would love yeah. to tell everyone about it and how it all went down. Great, great. Um, so I I was thinking we'd start off maybe by just kind of talking about what happened before the uh, the pro tour. I know we have some results from some MTGO uh, events. And yeah. uh, Ashak, you were playing, right? You you played a little bit before the the pro tour. Uh, I was playing a lot of like leagues and a lot of prelims and similar. I didn't mm-hmm. actually have a chance to play any of the challenges because I was grinding for my RC invite for season three, which is Pioneer. So technically, I was making Pioneer moves, but um, no, I sadly didn't have a chance to play like any, any of the bigger events. However, I did see how they were going down, and I did see a lot of interesting deck lists and a lot of interesting uh, innovations into Pioneer start to break out, especially more recently. So love to hear that. I loved. I would love to hear that it was not just uh, red, black, and mono green. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's still there. What seemed to have been the the yeah. top decks for the last uh, six months, eight months. Yeah. Uh. So so what we're seeing is we're still seeing these top decks like just uh just accept that they have better mana bases. That being like Gruel and Rakdos and mm-hmm. mono green. Uh, it's two flex slots. Uh, flex slots have like changed. Like they're they're it's a little bit more up in the air. We've seen some Cityscape levelers in the main deck. Some Might Stones in the main deck. Um, but the more exciting things that we've seen is like we've seen a lot of new innovation in a lot a lot of different spaces. Like um, some of the new cards that we highlighted that we uh, we thought would be really good in the format. Uh, one of them turns out uh, sees a whole bunch. Uh, I saw a lot of uh, play in these past few weeks. Um, that being uh, Myglos Maze Crusher. Yeah, to I see thought this it was as a, gonna be good. Yeah, we see this as a two or three of now replacing Lovestruck Beast in the Gruel Vehicles right. deck. That's insane. I didn't even think about it seeing play outside of Bard class. I didn't yeah. think it'd be good enough. Uh, you were you were right, but you were wrong. So yes. it worked out for both. <laughs> uh, I've been a butt of a bit of a um, Lovestruck Beast hater, so I'm down to see that replaced. Yeah, and a four four beater was just always like really good. And I, I when I when I've seen this card being played, uh, usually you're using it for its like three ability, which is like destroying an enchantment or artifact if it's ever yeah, relevant. Yeah, breaks the mirror. But, it just at the my the one the one is the big one the one being able to just give it vigilance and menace it just makes it such an efficient beater for the turns that it needs to be so the card just was so much better than what i gave it credit for originally yeah yeah okay that, that's um, a big shock so 
it's one of the shocks that came to me personally as well was how underperforming in my idea still performed pretty okay but not as format warping as i once thought it might be would be alish norn mother of machines okay uh, we we're talking about this in the metagame leading up to the pro tour right yeah leading up we're seeing it in challenges we saw it on one of the showcase challenges uh that uh first place was actually taken with uh enchanties my baby my ignetic and uh-huh. fire incarnation deck uh what we're seeing is we're seeing it as a one of in that deck and that's only the really place we've seen it. We haven't seen it pop out in a whole lot of other places. We saw it pop out in another super qualifier that happened a little bit more recently. But I'm going to save this spicy list for a little bit later before we uh, talk about a whole bunch of other cards. Um, but this is where we thought we would see it. And this is exactly where it showed up. Uh, the list looks a lot more differently than how I personally would have built it. But the, it still is just such an interesting... I, uh, it's, it's so interesting the fact that it like didn't warp the format as much as it did. Because I thought this card was going to. Um. I mean, are we looking at results right now, or are we just kind of talking about in general? I thought we were talking about results and general, because like both. Well, but which results are we talking about? I thought. Uh, I mean, I, I was thinking maybe we could start with just uh, real quick on the February 11th. They had a Pioneer Challenge. Sure, 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 sure. Maybe I'm jumping a little bit too far ahead. I, I think I jumped one week ahead, uh, but I am. Yeah, because I see the Super Qualifiers like the week later. It's like right before the Pro yeah. Tour. I'm looking I, at the day after it went live on MTGO. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, th- uh, that would be yeah, that'd be the eleventh then. You are yeah. So eleventh, um, I can just read over the list and then we can take turns. Maybe Kevin, you can do the next one. So the on this eleventh sure. uh, Pioneer Challenge, uh, we had misplaced Ginger first place with uh, Rakdos mid range. Um, nothing too different out of the main board except playing the Blackleaf Cliffs now. Uh, on second place, we have uh, Lord Beerus on mono red, and again, we're not, we're not we're not seeing a lot of new stuff here. It's just you know, kind of the same old, same old. Uh, you know, consistency is key, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, we have third place, seventh profit, uh, which was playing mono white. Oh, he always has some fun stuff. Was, I was gonna say he's uh, a big mono white player. Mm-hmm. So this is like the mono white. Now this actually has got a lot of. Uh, uh, new stuff in here. This is like mono white mid range. It's mono white white orchard. It's mono white mid range splashing red for Nahiri the Unforgiving and uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker. Uh, okay. Well, also I believe playing. Uh, no, this one wasn't playing Chain of the Rocks. I thought. Now, is this was playing Chain of the Rocks? Is this kind of like the deck you were talking about that you yeah. were building? Yeah. Do no, you this deck kind of is... go over this list and then tell me how you did it differently. Sure. Uh, I originally wanted to shift away from the, any of the red splash, and I wanted to use a lot more utility lands like Nykthos and Field of Ruin, because Field of Ruin right now is, I think, at its prime. I think people are either playing a lot of basics in mono green or not a lot of basics. But the way that the, uh, Seventh Pro- Prophet built his list very differently than mine uh, was also the inclusion of the card Phyrexian Vindicator. Uh, I was never really high on that card, and he said that in his post that it performed adequately wasn't like too impressive wasn't too horribly uh okay but he but again he he was the one that won so i guess uh maybe that card's a lot better than i give it uh credit for Hmm. uh but he wasn't as big of a fan of nahiri if i remember correctly in his twitter write-up uh but Hmm. he 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 still said that it uh it it was okay like it performed okay it wasn't like exciting or anything the thing that it was really doing was just kind of like getting back something that had like uh already died that being like um a Skyclave Apparition uh, to help clear the board. A Charming Prince to create value. Uh, and the big thing was this thing got back a uh, Phyrexian Vindicator. 
you get to get oh, in yeah. for a good five chunk and in that was how you kind of like ended up closing up the game but you so you would need to play it as the you know the the full yeah. cost for 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 vindicator kind of... for vindicator yeah yeah uh and so, that's yeah. uh the big difference really yeah, so I mean, this is the Orion deck, right? Uh, Lay down the arms. Heard that's been really overperforming for people that have been able to play it. Um, Eternal Wanderer is another new one that they have in this set or this deck. I, I think that's a big re- that's a big reason to be going towards mono white, in my opinion. Yeah. Is Eternal Wanderer being a sweet card? Yeah, the card is uh the card uh when I originally scaled it, I thought it would going to be it was just like an interesting card. But the more and more I kept playing with it, the more and more I kept reading the plus one ability, and I eventually kept realizing <laughs> that you could target your opponent's things, and they come back at their end step. That was the mm. big thing. So you were able to, like, fog their creatures for a turn. I can't tell you how many Shieldreds I fogged to be able to get in for damage. And Ooh, yeah. this also plays Ossification, which we were kind of high on, I think, in our set review. And yeah. it seems like that's actually been overperforming as well. Would you guys agree? I... Yeah, I, w- I wasn't that high on it in the set review. I thought that it didn't have very many homes because the decks that play, you know, things like Chain to the Rocks were enigmatic previously, which wouldn't want this. Yeah, I I, I think it's performing as I expected. It, it was just a really cheap, good, efficient removal spell, and that's all I wanted from it. And it did exactly mm-hmm. okay. that. It, would, it wasn't insane. It was never like, oh my god, this card is breaking the format. It was always just like, yeah, this card's like playable. It's good. And I also see that this deck uh, is playing Vanish into Eternity, Eternity in the sideboard, which is the two and a white instant that costs three more if it targets a creature, but exiles any permanent. Yeah, I got any no clue on this one. Permanent. I got yeah. no clue on this one. He he just said he liked it. I don't. I I have no. Uh, <laughs> I have no support on that one. That guy's on his own for that one. Okay. Um. Should I continue down the list of the the, the other finishers on uh, this challenge? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, fourth place we had Plaza twenty three. Uh, looks like he is playing uh, a blue white control. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing anything new uh, from this. Maybe, yeah, just playing Wandering in person, not playing the new the new one. So no not, new not a big change there. I do see people playing um, Brimaz in the sideboard yeah. now and uh, Regal Car- Caracal. I think was it Claudio that started yeah. this or what? So I, I talked with Claudio about this because I also was confused. And I, I, I originally saw him streaming in the Discord and I joined to talk to him about it. Uh, he, he, it's just a way to transition because in games two and three against Red Black and other uh, really grindy matchups, you just mm-hmm. you would board out all your removal. It's control. What are you going to hit, right? And mm-hmm. so going into these really efficient creatures like Brimaz making bodies constantly and Regal Caracal just already coming with two other bodies was just really hard for a lot of decks to deal with when they didn't have any removal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, and it, also, it was just one of those catch-22s that ended up working out for him. And also, we're going back to Kahira, the Orphan Guard, um, which, you know, saw a lot of... I want to say a lot, of play, a lot of play, but did see play in the past um, in control decks, and people just kind of, like, took it out. But it makes more sense now with Burmaz and uh, Regal Caracal in there. Is it Caracal? Caracal? Ah, uh, it's whatever your heart desires. Okay. Um... Anyways, moving on to fifth place, we had Lane five eight nine three playing Gruel Vehicles. It looks like, of course, we got the Copper Line Gorge in there from the new set, and oh yeah, we have the Nissa Ascended Animist in here, which is kind of an interesting. Um, it's interesting for me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is actually an Obosh deck. Wow, an Abosh deck. Sorry, Abosh. Wait, Obosh? Is this, Obosh. this isn't vehicles. Never mind. Is it? 
Um, no, it's not vehicles. Just it's kind of like vehicles, but it's Obosh vehicles. Okay. Because hmm. got Reckless Storm Secrets, got Garrix Har- Harbinger in there. Yeah, it's a throwback. It's also, it's also got a place at a fable and Domery yeah. Anarch of Bolas. I mean, I play that. Hey, I like I like the idea of the down, the Domri there. I'm not so sure about losing the two drops entirely. I did see this list and I thought it was interesting, but I do like the Domri. I think that card has a lot of power in this deck to be aggressive, to be you know just does a lot of good things. Yeah, I think my issue is you lose four drops, which is the bigger deal because you lose. Yeah, that's the big one. The Cadillac, use the Cadillac, the use the Cadillac mm. car. Oh, yeah, it, it's really sad, but I think it's really interesting that we are seeing Nissa kind of like fill that role in this deck of being the thing that creates a bunch of tokens. It is a must kill threat. Uh, I, I think it probably works out worse, but it's still like super interesting. Uh, I, I would love to know how uh, I would love to run a league of this afterwards. Yeah. A league of their own. Okay. Uh, sixth place. We had Ignotus 97. Uh, let's see. They are on. Now this one looks like another blue white. Control, whether it's Zorius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing, it's a... nothing different there. Instead of going the cat, um, the cat way, they have the Baneslayer Angel and uh, Lyra Dawnbringer. Um, and Starnheim Unleashed um, is also in the sideboard, which is kind of neat. I mean, you can kind of build. Yeah, I've seen Starnheim before as a uh, as a sideboard option. Again, just you know, you want to have something that's high mm-hmm. creature density because it's hard for red black to compete on a one to one basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's kind of interesting to just kind of see how uh, Mono White's evolved. And people have different ways to kind of like take over the game. Like before we had just the whole break horror, um, like those big creatures like that, big super creatures with the Dream Trawler. But now people are switching it up. And I think that's kind of cool. I can respect, you know, the people playing the cats or, you know, doing the, the angels thing. You know, pick pick your poison or pick pick whatever you want to want to play with. Um Seventh place, Azax uh, was on. Uh, it looks like this is a Mono Green Devotion, but playing with one Sylvan Caryatid in the main, and one as well city as a Cityscape Leveler in the main, instead of grabbing it from the sideboard. There's also one in the board, and it's a Dragon uh, Nicole, sorry, Nicol Bolas Dragon God is also in there. Um, nothing new though, other than that. Uh, there's a filigree Silex on the board, but we, oh, we kind of already mm. predicted that this would take over Ratchet Bomb. But yeah. I also learned through the PT coverage that the filigree Silex can technically kill, or technically, like, you can technically put enough oil counters on it with Kiora and the Chain Bill combo. You can mm-hmm. technically kill with it, which is really funny. Huh. Oh, nice. Um, and the last one we have, Starfall. In eighth place, playing okay. This is mono white humans. It looks like mono white humans. No new cards. No new cards. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything in there. I guess you don't don't change what's what's not broken. Um, should we go over ninth place as well? Ninth place. Or... Ninth place is a spicy list. I'm down to talk about ninth place. Yeah. So ninth place is the uh, Attraxa Grand Unifier deck, which we kind of talked about. Maybe see in play as well as uh mommy nor mommy mommy uh sorry mommy norn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just want to say mommy a bunch of times. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um. I mean, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Uh. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um. So I saw this guy's post uh with the first challenge and I was really excited to try this deck and I did run a league of this deck. Um. My issue with this deck and it was the same issue that he outlined in his tweet uh tweet about or uh, tweet about it. Um. Atraxa really only grabs three or four in this deck 
it doesn't it doesn't do anything like too too amazing because you already run infinite enchantments you already run and lands and creatures and like that's really it that's all i can really grab uh this list personally though had a lot of like spicier one ofs that we don't really see a lot in these older lists at least lists that when i was testing like uh shigiki juki visionary which i thought was like yeah. really interesting uh but this is a really interesting take on it uh, i i don't know why we see such a, a heavy lean towards black in this list like we're seeing eight triumphs tap for black when we have hmm. one black card being our seven drop in our deck so i i think there was a lot of issues with this list when it was being built however i do think that it's really uh oh sorry there's also a seed rhino i realized there's yeah. also a seed rhino and a shieldred in the board why is there a shieldred mm-hmm. but anyway. <laughs> why not <laughs> Um, those are the only cards we're seeing should i keep going 10th place we have uh, yeah keep Brule, going uh, uh let's go Brule over to uh, oh. 11th place we have sorry i'm just gonna read yeah, just just the archetypes then we can go on to the next yeah, list yeah, yeah. Or the um, next, uh, it looks tournament. like we have i don't know what is this next one uh it's the showcase challenge from february 20th or 12th oh yeah there's a there's a nice token list in this challenge yeah token list is mondrak in there and jetmir that's interesting uh 12th place we had um, it looks like another uh, Rakdos mid-range deck. Uh, 13th place, we had another Mono Green Devotion deck. Uh, Spirits hits 14th place. Mono Blue Spirits, that is. Uh, and then 15th place, we had a... Um, that looks like uh, Abzan Grease Fang. And 16th place, this will be the last one I do, is... looks like Blue Black Control. It's just classic right. Blue Black Control. Yeah. All right, Kevin, do you want to take the next one then? Uh, the the 12th challenge? Or the showcase? Uh, sure I've got the right one. Showcase up. from the 12th. This is the Derek go. winner. Or Dirk. Dirks. Yeah, Dirk. Pioneer Showcase Challenge from February 12th. Yep, okay, I've got it. So yeah, our winner here was a nice uh, Enigmatic Incarnation deck. Love to see that. This one does have, you know, the one of Elish Norn, the one of... Does this have a one of... Uh, Atroxin. It doesn't have the atrocity. No, it does it got not. Cut for a second glass pool, I think. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, running only the one seven drop. It looks like with the Titan of Industry. Is there any other seven uh, drop? In I here? think it's in the. Oh, and Agent Atrocity. Yeah, okay. uh, I was about to say. I think I remember seeing an Agent in this list. Uh, no, second place was a red green vehicles. Um, anything here special? This one's running Embercleave, which I think is a little bit interesting, um, as well as a Hajar Loyal Bodyguard. Mm-hmm. yes i can okay. get behind that like we said we were trying to find something that it's a two drop i i guess that makes sense that they'd try some more things uh red black mid-range a another enigmatic in fourth place this one uh let's see if it's got the tracks and no tracks but yes elish norn and a few fun ofs like a zur which i like i love the zur um fifth yeah fifth place mono green let's see sixth place is a grease fang Seventh place is a ooh, I see a might stone a weak stone. This must be something a little bit spicy. Oh no, this is just a mono green, but with a single might stone a weak stone huh. in the main deck. Ah, oh, so so innovative. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Uh and then eighth place was a red black midrange. Um, do you want to go over anything else after any other spicy decks? Uh, uh, you know, there's a spirits. Yeah, go ahead if you got anything. I I would like here. to just talk about how the metagames kind of develop for if anyone's looking for a little bit more of like a competitive side and a competitive analysis. Mm. Uh, what we're seeing with red yeah, flag please. is we're seeing uh, we're seeing a big change in the sideboard. Uh, the card that we're seeing a lot more see uh, sorry seeing a lot more commonly is ritual of soot. Uh, that card is a throwback to 
Guilds of Ravnica, where it's uh, it's four mana, uh, two and two black. Uh, destroy each thing that costs. Uh, sorry, destroy each creature with CMC three or less. Uh, we're seeing this see a lot more play uh, to try to combat uh, mono white and a lot more of these like bigger or sorry these a lot more of these like go wide creature decks that start existing in the format. Um, it's a really interesting change in my opinion. Uh, uh, over extension event, we're starting to see a less extension events. Um, it also helps out against Gruul, which is like a matchup that already just they kind of struggled with. Um, and yeah, if we want to talk about spicy things, I'll throw it back to you because I have something that I saw in this challenge oh what do you got ryan i mean we're talking about stuff from the uh showcase challenge right Mm -hmm. on the 12th yeah the showcase challenge yeah uh i haven't seen anything else uh, really that caught my eye it seems like uh going down through the 16th list it's just you know like all rakdos and stuff like that did you see vehicles did you see a vehicles deck that ran a new card that we haven't talked about yet uh, Sword Ooh. of Forge and Frontier in 16th place. That's kind of one of them, but I was more so trying to talk about Luca. Oh, that oh, one's on the 10th yeah, list from Odorous yeah, Ungris. Yeah. Uh, it's from... Oh, we're in the wrong one? Uh, no. Oh, no, here we go. Tenth, it should... tenth yeah, 10th place. place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of Luca Boundary There's also Rose. one in the board. And one in the board. I think the thing that we so, learned with this is that... Yeah, what's Luca doing for this deck? Uh, Luca's, Luca's doing the thing that uh, Escachariot already does, where it just kind of goes wide. Um... Okay. It, you're also still able to play Jeffrey with Luca, which is interesting knowledge. Uh, didn't know that was how that card works, but apparently you can. Um, it, it just it just goes wide. It creates beasts. It it helps ramp. It or it helps like triple double cast spells because that's where you get to in this game. Because there's a lot of efficiency in our spells with all of them being like adventure cards. So you have to spend a lot more mana. It's it's just it's really interesting how it's developed with um, Groove Vehicles wanting this card as like a top end finisher. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I have not seen. Oh, I like it. Willing played. to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm always interested in Willie Edel's uh, decks. He's he's playing. He's always played uh, Embercleave, or uh, he kind of s- tried to switch it up. Switch it up, I should say. Like, I know in the past he's played like four Embercleave in the sideboard, and then like vehicles in the main, and then just kind of like switched them out when they bring in the hate or whatever for it. Wait, Ryan, do you think Odorous Ungress is Willie Idol? No, 16th place one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought we were still on the 10th one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to the six, yeah, I went okay, to the 16th okay, okay. one. He's playing the Sword of Forge and Frontier in Embercleave. And I've actually been testing out Forge and Frontier, at least on Explorer, and I liked it a lot. Um, I think it's a very powerful card. It gives you a lot of card advantage if you can uh, sneak in those hits, being able to play an extra land, um, and then being able to play those cards as well. Really, really good. Uh, kind of underrated, in my opinion. We also see him testing Canker Bloom, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, we, we we had uh, high hopes for that, didn't we? We just thought it would be like really efficient. It's just kind of like a like a like a one of those uh, upgrades to uh, what was it? Um, Outland Liberator. Mm-hmm. Like a new yeah. face on it. Yeah. Get. Yeah. Three two. Good Three, body. Two. Good beats, yeah. and it's a Fraxian fungus, which is good puns. Yeah. Uh, you guys move on to the 18th challenge? Yeah, I guess it's my go. I guess I get to yeah. talk about it. The, just the challenge, right? And that's the one where we saw Poker's Wizard yeah. take it down. Yeah, so uh, in uh, first place, we see Red Black. Oh, so exciting. Uh, looking through the list, not a lot that's too, too, too interesting. Uh, Liliana the Veil is making a comeback, which is really cool. Uh, the meta is kind of just like doing the thing where it circles around and eventually comes back to cards. Why, why, why is she better now, you think? 
I don't exactly know. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, her uptick got a lot better because Grease Fang kind of went away. Uh, okay, and yeah. with um, Lotus being popular, uh, Lily on Veil gets better. Yeah, true, um, true. Happy Sandwich, we see him again. Our boy winning everything. Uh, red, red Green Vehicles. Uh, we're, we see that we're up to uh, another uh, Maze Crusher in the main. Uh, he played two, I believe, last week. Um, and we're seeing Thrun Breaker of Silence on the board with a Luka. See, I uh, was kind of high on that, I think, in my uh, set review. And you guys are like, eh, eh, I don't know. I wasn't too sure about it because uh, we didn't really see green have to run campy countered cards because like the big the big hateful green card is the Aethergust card, which got around it anyway. So like mm-hmm. a green campy countered card is like not as impressive as like an Asper Colors one. So mm-hmm. I kind of dismissed it a little bit, but I'm wrong. And I'm okay with it because now we get to see Thren C play and then you get to see all the cool manga arts for him. All the C yeah, yeah. play. And that's that's all we want. Um, but third moving on, place? third we see is a Phoenix making a little comeback, you know. Car- uh, Dex's been on the on the downswing for a while now and we, we see it with the third place. Um, so, I, I mean, it was kind of hated out of the format you know, a while back, right? It, are yeah. Be- was that just because people are just playing too much graveyard hate and like you said now they're moving um, away from that or it's a little bit of an incidental graveyard hate uh thing it also just becomes i think i think the i think this list specifically did a little bit better uh because it's not playing ledger shredder it's playing thing in the ice uh right now the meta's kind of shifted to being a lot more of like a put all your creatures in play and attack or mm-hmm. be lotus combo kind of meta and so thing in the ice got a lot better and so I think that's why we see it here. Uh, I think the, specifically why uh, we saw Phoenix do pot well today. I think Phoenix is still a deck that's like tier two, tier three. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like gotten any better because of this result. However, I think this guy teched his deck well enough. I know Daniels, he plays a whole bunch of challenges. Great guy. Um, he just teched his deck well and won. So go ahead. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the new uh, tech in the fourth place deck, by the way? There's a couple of new cards in the yeah. Bruce thing. So we're seeing, uh, I want to call this a Zoomer Grease Fang, a little bit more of like a new nuanced take from Team uh, Shake Hands, or I think that's what their official team name was called. Uh, we're seeing Traverse the Ovalwald make a little, a little bit of like a little comeback into this deck. Um, we're seeing Scrapwork Mutt, mm-hmm. the the good boy, uh, and then we're seeing Vessel of uh, I'm not going to say this other Nascency. Yeah, big word. Couldn't say it. Uh, huh. But we're we're also seeing the mana base being able to support the unearth ability on it with a uh, mana confluence, and it's moving away from can't stay away, which I think is super interesting. So the idea here is we're trying instead of trying to incidentally mill over our our card that we wanted, uh, we're trying to find it more often. Uh, so we're uh-huh. cutting the stitcher suppliers, we're cutting the can't stays aways, we're playing more traverse, we're playing more scrapwork mutts, we're playing more vessels. Uh, Vessel and scrapwork muck both turn our, on uh, traverse a lot better. Um, and they're also just like good value, like they're fine cards. Uh, it, it, Vessel of uh, Nessency worked really well against Thoughtseize, which really impressed me because you were just able to access, uh, access it on a, your opponent's end step, uh, mill, your, mill your cards or whatever, put a party into the bin, maybe, mm-hmm. and then you just get your get the thing that you need and good to go. You just get your little Grease Fang. So is, am I wrong to say this is maybe a little bit more resilient against the Graveyard Hate because those past decks were just like, hey, Let's throw it all in the yard and get it back. And this one's like, let's just find it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a little bit more resilient because you still have the issue where you do need it in the bin to be able to like combo. I would say that this is a little bit more 
consistent. You can choose when to put it in the bin, kind of. Yeah, a, a little bit more so than you could with the last one. You kind of just were like, well, I guess it's in the bin now. I guess I got there. Like it was a little bit more like slots, is what I want to say. Yeah, and now it's, it's like a lot basically more scrap. Because scrapwork much basically like Rafine's a format five and six. Yep, and then Vessel yeah. is just a, another card that just dodges Thoughtseize, which is all that yeah. this deck wanted yeah. was just more ways to dodge Thoughtseize. Um, in the board we don't see anything too too exciting, just normal stuff. Uh, but we move on to fifth place. Uh, and we see some new cards in an old mm-hmm. shell. We see Mono White, and we're seeing three uh Might of Runes or uh, Skrillex Defector Mites. We're seeing a playset of ossification in this list. Yeah, uh, I think I think ossification in this list is a little uh, wild because I I didn't think you would see play play in mono white humans. I thought that this card was like a little bit too slow to the ground or like a little bit uh, not too low to the ground. Uh, I thought mono white humans wanted to be doing other things like putting creatures into play to try to attack, not try to solve the board state or remove a big thing. But well, guess this I'm wrong. was this was able to get rid of. Um uh the elements the brave the elements and because it has the scrove in there instead to mm-hmm. be able to push damage through which i think is kind of a good idea and then because you have you don't have to play those you have more room so i can i can see ossification getting rid of some of the the problem cards that you know might stand in your way and it's also got two uh sword of forge and frontier in the sideboard i see oh yeah sword sword has been really impressive in the format for me as like a kind of like a tech card I didn't see it like that. I, th- I thought it was either you're playing four of this card or you're playing none of this card. I didn't think we'd be like two in the board. Kevin's been really quiet over there. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, nothing I'm, nothing I'm you want to talk quietly about? Agreeing. Comments yeah, on? nothing huge here. Hey, guess okay. what? Hey, guess what? We're, we're going down uh, yeah. to Shadows with, oh my god, guess what? Mono White. We're back. Yeah. Uh, the, only thing we're, the only thing we're seeing with this list is we're seeing it shift towards like a little bit older style. However, we still do see some, I want to put quotations on it, newer innovations with where he played one Skyclave Apparition and it worked out for him. But in the board, we see two ossifications. So we see ossifications showing up again as one of the more powerful cards. Uh, and then moving on, seventh place? Moving on to seventh place, we see a familiar name, Traft. Our boy's back. Uh, he's been busy doing uh, doing school stuff and now he's uh, crushing challenges again. And we see him crushed with... Uh, Two of uh two of might of runes again in his deck. Scrawl. We see two of them in uh ban- or not span. It's blue white. Uh, blue white spirits. Um, nothing now, too too interesting with the rest of the cards though. I have a question real quick. We've seen Scrawl pop up a lot, you know, in these lists so far. Mono white um spirits, and you know, can kind of jump ahead a little bit. It's also in the auras deck that we're going to be talking about later. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. does it just go like in every white deck now, or are people just kind of like jamming him in there? or jamming it in there uh, just because they can, you know, just to kind of like try it out. Like, will we see this drop off after the the initial hype dies down? I think we'll see. I think, yes, at the start, it was because new card, want to test its power level, want to see how it goes. And now we're getting the results. We're in the results portion. And now we're going to be making the decision of whether or not we keep playing with this card. And I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more of this card. Now, you said that it's going to be a fit-all into all the decks. No, I don't think it's going to be a fit-all into all the white decks. However, I do think with a, a lot of these creature-heavy aggro decks, which are really popular in the format, uh, we'll see a lot more of... Uh, sorry, the card will see a lot more play in those decks. Okay. Um, you want to do 8th place real quick? Well, how has it played for you, specifically? Have you, have you gotten uh, I haven't gotten... I haven't had a... I'm, I'm not a big aggro guy, personally, so I haven't got really like played around with it. 
Um, but from what I saw on coverage, it was really good at being able to like push damage because you would just give it protection from whatever. Like, because a lot of the format is just one or two colors the, at the top tables. Like, I think uh, we we mainly see like mono white, green white, or uh, not green white, um, uh, red black or blue red mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, it's it's really good at being able to push damage through blockers. Uh, a lot better than I gave it credit for, for sure. Okay. Uh, but we do still have one more deck to talk about, and I'm so excited to talk about this new innovation called Mono Green uh, in eighth <laughs> place. However, we do see this guy. I think he maybe he had like a deck registration error or something. He put like two Corsair crew picks on his deck. I don't really know what that's about, but it's here. Huh. There's two of them. Uh, there's also two Skylash from the board, which is really funny. That card is uh, good. Good vibes. Good vibes, but not great. And I, I don't know if we're going to go through the other um, uh, list, but we do see, is it uh, Creativity starting to kind of show up as well? Ninth place? Yeah, I think is it Creativity is one of those decks where uh, people are scared to bring it because it has a little bit more of like one of those polarizing decks. Like either either it's going to do really well at doing the thing or it's not going to do its thing at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like was seen as like a worse is it Phoenix for a long time. But to spoil what goes on a little bit later. It yeah, got built yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, everything else I don't think is really too exciting. No. Uh, not going too down to 16th us, but... place. Just so, you know, same old, same old. Should we go over this last super qualifier? Do you want to do it, Kevin? Or should I do it? Except I've kind of been jumping in here and there. Uh, sure. This is the one from the September 18th. Uh, 18th. Super qualifier, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. All right, I'll run down the uh, top eight here. So this one was run was won by Roasty56 on... Uh, looks like this is a... Or oh, this is an interesting no. list. Uh, this is a bring-to-light list, but it's um, a little bit different from what we've seen. Four Umnath, you know, one Valky, one Elish Norn in this is very that's interesting. That's not the winner. No, oh, that's not the winner? Uh, sorry. It says so what happened with... I noticed this, by the way, uh, with the results for the... Uh, Roasty's oh, okay. weeks. The bracket is wrong. The bracket is wrong, is okay. but the deck lists, I think, are correct. Okay. Uh, so okay. Rossi didn't win? I think Rotor won. Rotor Erzengel yeah. won with this uh, very interesting Bring to Light list. Yeah, that's what I think happened. Um, nothing, I think, too unique other than the Elish Norn edition okay. here, but that's pretty cool. 60-card uh, version. Yeah, okay. Uh, number two, we've got a red-green vehicles. Again, running Miglos, running a four of a crow in war. Is that slight change? Um, number three, we've got another red-green. Well, no, this is a um, this is a mono green, but it's running Sky Sovereign in the main deck. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And a blast zone. Probably. Uh, yeah, and a blast zone. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that that's something. That's different. Um, probably number four, Rakdos, we've maybe? got spirits. Mm-hmm. Spirits is always fun. Uh, number five, this is a, another Indomitable Creativity. This one's the one that's going for Xenagos and Worldspine Worm is their win con. You know, one of the less fair uh, Creativity combo decks, you know, trying to go for the combo plan. Another Mono Green, another... Ooh, here's something fun. We've got Light Paws. Ooh, yeah. okay. Been wondering where uh, Light Paws has been hiding. This deck, uh, Light Paws is so sweet. And this is running Skrell, so this is kind of your Boggles deck. Um, and I think I've heard something about this being good in a, a recent tournament or something yeah, we'll like that. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's also running this new Audacity, the trying to be the new Rancor, except you draw a card instead of getting it back in your hand. Uh, interested to see how that one turned out, but it seems like, you know, seventh place must be doing decently well. 
And then I will mention eighth place is another uh, Mono White Humans, again, running Skrelv in it. And yeah, for I feel like the, the longer I wait yeah, to... Yeah, and ossification. I was going to say, the longer I wait to pull the trigger, I know I'm going to need Skrelv. I don't want to buy them for like $40 right now for a playset, but I think the longer I wait, the more it's going to go up. Yep. You should buy them now. <sighs> yeah. uh, but to jump in, because like, I think we need to talk about this first place list just a little bit more because this list is kind of spicy. I think this list is really mm. interesting because it's bringing a new idea forward. Um, I want to call this deck Nivless Niv because it it has every other card that's exactly like how Claudio used to build his decks, but we're missing the six six dragon. Where did he go? <laughs> but we're seeing uh, we're seeing a deck that's trying to abuse uh, Bring Delight to go find Elishnorn a little bit more consistently okay. for whenever it's relevant. Uh, it's also able to find the board clear, which is what was really good with like Niv. You were able to find your Valkyries and your selfless Glyph Weavers, which were just able to take over the game. And then the way that this deck ends up just like kind of winning, which is just really, really funny to me, is that um, Elishnorn uh, with Omnath is really easy to create the, the the damage trigger because you just need two lands to enter. So Fable Passage will then just for your opponent and you're able to just abuse cards like Hostage Taker as well to double take your opponent's things. I think this deck has a really wide range and it's really just it, it just looks so fun to play. And I, I already know I'm going to be firing up this deck after the stream or after this uh podcast nice okay if, I, if you don't before we Niv. Move, okay i'm down i'm down I, I for i mean before we move on to the uh pro tour uh results uh i just wanted to ask how has i mean at this point how has the metagame changed from the you know the first week on the 11th to to the 18th like what what changes are we seeing are we still you know, is it still just like all you know, uh, mono green devotion and mid range? Um, are we starting to see more more aggro? Like in in your opinion, um, Ashiok, I'm guessing you were playing, mm-hmm. you know, MTGO a little bit. How did you see the shift um, in the metagame from the first week to the second week? I I don't think I think so. The first week, uh, the first week we definitely saw like we saw mono red do really well, and I think that we the reason we saw a lot of these decks do a little bit more well is just because there were already existing well found strategies that can punish these clunkier newer decks where because you're playing with new cards, you don't exactly know the numbers to run, you don't exactly know mm-hmm. how you're supposed to build it, and so you know what's really good at beating clunky decks, consistent decks, red black, uh-huh. mono red, they'll kill you, they'll kill you quick. Their cards are efficient. Uh, but I think the, how the meta's and now developing is we're seeing a lot more of like a lot more decks get towards the same power level that I think we're starting to see like like we're starting to see them be able to compete with Rakdos and Green better. Like Gruul Gruul has taken like a big step forward now. I think it's gone a lot better at being able to deal with a lot of these decks or both of those decks. Um, Lotus again is really popular because Green is starting to get a little bit worse um uh-huh. and then uh i think mono white mono white uh didn't perform too too well at the pt however mm. i don't remember seeing a whole lot of might of runes in those lists so maybe maybe there's just like a better list that we're seeing because we, we're seeing it pretty consistently in challenges i just think mm. the the gap to the top is a lot less close i just think that's how the meta's developed i think we're still seeing a lot of the same decks we're seeing some come up a little bit uh that being like i think uh uh, what was it? Uh, Mono White was kind of on the downswing. I think it's come up a lot more recently, with especially with these decks. Um, and like Mono White mid range, I think has gotten a lot better. Uh, I just think the gap is a lot less closer now. Is my overall opinion. Okay. Well, are you guys ready to move yeah, on? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's. Uh, I was gonna say just like I feel like the changes have been subtle. 
um, it has been very like drastic the change, but I think we are seeing like a little bit of a shift to some more of these more interesting strategies. Um, you know, a couple of those decks that are like the, you know, the, these Niv decks, these Elshnorn decks that are kind of just like go over the top of mid range, and we might be seeing a bit more of that maybe. Mm. Even the combo decks too, you know, they kind of just go over the top of them. Mm. But you guys want to move on to the Pro Tour? Been yeah, let's move the, on. Tell me about the Pro Tour here. Hint, hinting at decks here and there that we've been talking about. Um, I don't know, Kevin, do you want to go over them? Because I think... No, 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 I just went through a bunch of uh, lists. I would love to talk. I will talk all the time. Always throw it to I'm most excited to talk about the second place deck list. Um, Celestia Auras. Oh, okay. okay. Sure. I, I was going to go over what generally, what the meta break was going into it yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, give us some general because like first? i said i've been out yeah, of town of course uh so the pioneer metagame uh, i have the graphic in front of me i'll go over it really quickly um we saw the biggest deck the biggest baddie rakados midrange coming at 15 percent, just above which i think is insanely low i thought it was going to be so much higher mm. um going down the list we see mono green devotion with 13 or just below 14 percent groove vehicles just below 10 percent uh I won't. I'll continue on. Uh, Lotus Field, Mono White, Azorius, Is it Rakdos? Uh, is it uh, Is it Phoenix? Um, is it Creativity was the one previously? Uh, Celestia Angels, and then other archetypes make up twenty, just shy of twenty percent of the meta. So those are people okay. that have brought two. Sorry, two of the same people or less have brought the same deck. Hmm. And I mean, I, like I, I mean to kind of. Uh... Before I guess before we go over the the top eight, someone put a neat little uh, spreadsheet together that talked about how each of these decks did, like what their uh, win percentages were. And you, like you said, you you thought Rakdos was going to be everywhere. Uh, it only got forty six percent of uh, sorry, only won forty six percent of the time. Monogreen Devotion only won forty six percent of the time. Gruel Vehicles only won forty seven. Humans. Put up a measly thirty-six percent win percentage, and then uh, the other cards, the other decks that didn't even show up on that that other one. Uh, we had um, sacrifice, uh, react to sacrifice. It had fifty-two percent win. Uh, uh, how could I say win percentage? Lotus Field had fifty-two percent win percentage. Is it creativity got about almost fifty-five percent? Sorius Control did pretty well at this tournament. Had fifty-five percent win percentage. Uh, is it Phoenix had a lot fewer uh, matches, but had fifty five percent win percentage. Auras almost sixty percent. It did fifty nine, just about fifty nine, just under that. Uh, Angels got fifty four. It's not bad. Grease Fang. I, I'm guessing people were just unprepared. Not a lot of players didn't play a lot, but sixty six percent win percentage. Um, it's pretty mm. good. Omnath to Light also not many people were playing it, but had sixty one percent win percentage. Um, and Enematic Fires, 52%. And then I think the only other one we had was uh, Azorius Lotus Field. And I guess that's kind of... That did better than the uh, regular Azorius Control. And they're basically, it's just another control deck. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting to to see how these decks did. Um, you know. so, so I think this is interesting. You know, Normally, I would go in and say, like, okay, look, let's not say, like, right off the top decks of the format, because you kind of always see it where in bigger events, the top decks of the format usually have a, you know, around 50, maybe even worse than 50% mm. win rate, because you'd expect there's a lot of people playing them. That means more wins, you know, more head-to-heads that can be losses for one of the two, um, you know. 
and just like general people just like playing the deck more not being masters of it but this is also the pro tour we kind of have to be like okay these are the best of the best players like they probably know what they're doing if they're playing that deck so it's not like you know someone just doesn't know the format at all it's like okay i'll pick up you know red black because it's the most popular deck um i just kind of want to give that side because normally i would jump in and kind of defend the like the loss rate of those top decks but here it's a little bit harder just because they are such good players. Yeah, I think the way we can try to defend it is the fact that it included. Uh, I think that's. That, I think this said on graphic uh, that uh, they included mirrors, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, a, a lot of these decks ended up playing against each other. I think Rakdos had like a really poor win rate because everybody knew it was the best deck. So I think a lot more people opted towards it for those who didn't have enough time or didn't have or sorry had other constraints and just kind of like defaulted towards it because they thought it would be like the good deck. But I think. I think the name of the game for this tournament was Innovation. I think Innovation is what worked really well with the new set. Okay, so that seems like a good segue into what won, you know, this tournament. So, or what, what, you know, got our top eight, our top 16. Yeah, our top eight, Can we I, should talk. Yeah, I'll just read down the top eight, and then uh, I'll talk about a deck, deck list that I want to talk about, and then maybe you guys could ch- ch- uh, choose some deck list, deck list that you want to talk about as well, if that's all right with you. Does that work? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. So top eight, we had Shota Yasuoka. Um, uh, this is the end of the Swiss. Uh, Rakdos Midrange. We had Benton Madsen on Celestia Auras. Takumi Matsura on uh, Mono White Humans. Reed Duke was on Is It Creativity. Nathan Stewart, Lotus Field Combo. Chris Ferber, Lotus Field Combo. Uh, is It Creativity uh, was played by Nat, uh, Gabriel Nassif uh, at seventh place. And Derek Davis was on en- Enigmatic fires that rounds out our top eight so i want to talk about celestia auras i was really excited to watch this deck being played the the whole weekend again we see four squirrel defector mites which i think this type of deck is 100 the type of deck you want to have squirrel for because you're loading up all these auras and stuff on one big creature you want to be able to protect it and you know this just you know it's just better value because it's another creature that could get an aura on it if everything else has been destroyed and unlike playing something that's just going to give it you know uh you know like not brave elements but indestructible for a turn yeah 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 yeah. it just stays around a six round um you know glade clever scout love to have that hex proof on there uh you know everything else generous visitor i think is pretty interesting it's the uh one mana card from um one mana sorry one green mana card from Neo Dynasty, and it's whenever you play an aura, I think it gets a plus one plus one counter, or actually you it put puts a, it on plus something. One counter Any enchantment, on target yeah. creature, yeah. Which is so you just keep loading it up on something that has protection um, already. Can I uh, can I yeah. ask a you know dumb question here? You know, like I said, I have literally been out of town, did not get any coverage of this pro tour. Was that uh, top eight rating you just were starting to rattle off purely on Pioneer, or was this like limited? Uh, so the first plus. three rounds of each day was limited. Uh, and then okay. it was five rounds of Pioneer. So total 10 rounds of Pioneer and six rounds of Draft. Or, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that, that's just important to, you know, weigh out. Like, yes, this may not be, you know, these players may have gone 6-0 and in Limited yeah. and, you know, 5-5 five and five in Pioneer and still made the uh, top eight. J- just, you know, put that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, go, otherwise, go I think, you know, uh, the, the enchantments are pretty much the same old, same old that you'll see in a traditional Auras deck. Uh, of course, we have the Razor Verge Thicket, which really helped out the mana base. Don't even see the uh, the Painlands in here anymore. And uh, sidebar, it is a Giganta deck. Um, we have Extraction Specialist, which I really like that tech of, just because, hey, let's bring back our Skrelv, 
don't really need to attack with it. Let's just keep giving it, um, you know, uh, giving some protection and whatnot. I think that's really cool. Um, Adanta Vanguard, Hushbringer. I really like this uh, sideboard here. I think it's very, very clean, very optimized. And uh, now aside from you know, maybe like the Besager and stuff, I think this is a very budget deck. And I'm happy to see something like this come back to Paper Magic again. Like it gives me the same kind of feeling when we had like our first Pioneer event and Black White Auras came onto the field um, in Japan. But um, that's a deck that I was most excited to talk about. Do you guys want to choose one uh, or two from the top eight that you want to talk about? I was going to talk about it collectively. So if you had any 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 interest, go for it. Ooh. Uh, well, let, let me just talk about the creativity list because I do think they are very cool. Let me see if I can grab the actual list here. Go for it. Sorry, it's loading for me. Um, so what was their win con on this creativity uh, list? It was the Xenoghost World Spiral Worm with okay. two okay. Hallbreaker Horrors in the board. All right, so yeah, you could still go into that kind of side option of being a little bit of a control list. Um, I think that's clean. You know, if you're going to go for it, you might as well win the game when you hit it and not just, like, grab two Gear Hulks or grab two Agent of Treacheries and then, like, be in an advantage position but not necessarily winning. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I like this. I like that a lot. Ooh, I wonder if there's a... Uh, I wonder if there's any build where you grab a Elish Norn and something else. If there is, I haven't thought of it. Because trust me, I tried. <laughs> I, I tried really hard for that one. Um, Ooh, okay. okay. But, There's um, not a lot... Well, here's the thing. It's like this deck has no new cards really inside of it. And this has been around. People just haven't been playing it. And I think that's really really uh, showing, I guess you could say. That just it says, you know, people really have to do a deep dive um, on the Pioneer format instead of... I mean, I would say it... The format rewards people who do a deep dive as opposed to just like, you know, picking a deck that's uh, been doing well in the metagame. I also think Pioneer really rewards experience in the format right now. Yeah. Because I I think there's a lot of nuances that I I see a lot of newer players struggle with, like uh, evaluating efficiency of cards. Because like a lot of these cards, people don't really play with that often. Like Like it's weird to say Dig Through Time is one of the most powerful cards in Magic. Like it's uh-huh. it's up there. It's really powerful, but like you can't yeah. play it in modern. Sure. Yeah. You can't play it in legacy. So pioneer it exists. Shark typhoon not seeing a ton of play. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's it's it was really interesting. But um, if I'm able to just take over and go for the rest of these decks because I got yeah I got go, for it, go for so it. So we have two Lotus combo decks. We have two very key differences, and I'll talk about the boring one first. Sorry, but it is a little bit more on the boring huh. side. Uh, which would be Chris's deck. Uh, we just see a really stock list. There's not a lot that was like too too interesting in the board. Um, a lot of these cards were like pretty stock. It was pretty interesting. But Nathan's team, Team Handshake, uh, tweeted out the night before the Pro Tour on Thursday night uh, with, I'm looking for these cards. And it was a bunch of Ooh. just bad, like I, I think the cards, the list was um, Besejus. I think it was like he needed 20 copies of Besejus. He needed huh. twenty, uh, <laughs> a bunch of copies of Dragonlord Dramoka and Elder Gargaroth and like other random green big fatty cards. And then everyone was like, haha, that's so funny. Like, look, look at this pro make a meme. Like, it was bait. But no, he's playing them yeah. in his board. He is genuinely playing these cards. <laughs> he actually registered Dragonlord Dramoka in a constructed format because it was just the best yeah. way to get around all that counter magic. He just figured it out. He, he was like, yeah, blue cards. Yeah, don't care. It was really, it was really cool. It was really interesting. I thought that was like, uh, like uh, something that uh, 
maybe would get overlooked because nobody really uh maybe not everyone's a, a twitter dgen like myself um no yeah that's pretty funny so but, uh, lotus field do you see lotus field did well because people just weren't um you know they didn't respect it like we've always said that it could always be good in the format um it's just waiting for people to just kind of like let their guard down would you say that's why it did so well no actually i think i think it did well because of the point i stated earlier where it was just experts playing this deck like we saw so Mm. many good players register this deck that were just grinded this grinded the matchups just knew the ins and outs of this deck because i think out of any deck in pioneer i think the two decks that reward you the most for your deck knowledge is this deck lotus field and i think it's mono green because the the, hmm. the the nuances and just the ease of knowing when to combo and how to combo with lotus field is a lot bigger than it is with mono green uh but this deck does reward you when you just know what you're doing and know what lines to go for because i think we all can safely say we've had stories of the quote-unquote worst lotus player we've ever played against where we were just so confused about what they were doing <laughs> oh i know exactly yeah 100 percent. this is this is i think we just saw masters of this deck pick it up and it worked out for them Uh, but looking so, at the other lists, we see uh, we see uh, just a copy of Red Black from Shota. Um, looking at this list, we don't really see anything too too interesting. No, not not a lot of the new cards. Um, we the only thing that we can really make commentary about is just the fact that he played a main deck duress. Ooh, spooky! Uh, that's the only really new thing that we saw. Uh, we do see the full three copies of Rich Love Set with two copies of Extinction Event as well. So he was really prepared for the board clears. Uh, but mm-hmm. his list was just stock. Looked great. Looked good. Not a lot of, like, innovative ideas, just good and, cards that have already been tested. Um, I was going to say there's a lot of one-ups in the sideboard, and I think we've kind of said this yeah. before that I don't know if this is just, like, a, a Japanese player thing or if it's just, like, a pro player thing where they can get away with just playing, like, one of, of each of these things. Because, like you said, they can evaluate and recognize, you know, what they need and how to use their cards so well. Yeah, no, that's exactly that. You actually hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, uh, looking up, we see yeah, Mono White Humans. That also top eight. Uh-huh. Um, the thing that we see with this list is it's the list that we've been talking about, the list that we've seen online do really well with four Ossification in the main uh, and three Skrelv. So Skrelv put, what, was that seven <sighs> copies into the top eight? Yeah, I'm going to have to buy that card. Yeah, you might as well buy it now. I bought a <laughs> copy of Swords of Ford and Frontier yeah. for, uh, for Mono White. And that card was already forty six Canadian, so you got to pick up these cards quickly before they have start to work tonight. Oof. Yeah, oof. Yeah. yeah, they're getting expensive, but like this list, this list is just was stock when he was playing it. It looked great. Like just Scrub, Scrub did exactly what Scrub would do, which is raid the elements. Um, enigmatic yeah. fires rounds out the rest of our top eight. I think anything yeah. in there, and that's my baby. This is the one I left till the very end. So. Uh, I'll talk more as uh, the, the person that tries to build these lists pretty consistently and tries to think of the ideas. Um, some of the cards that are really interesting is he's playing the second glass pool mimic. Uh, we don't see this a lot. This card, uh, The second glass pool mimic was really an issue with the deck because you needed something in play for it to be good already. And the struggle was putting something into play. Uh, but I think I think this uh, it becomes a lot more better in like the grindier matchups, which I think is where Pioneer actually was heading. Uh, another card that you might not actually know because I had to read it when he when I saw him cast it or I saw his post on top eight uh, was Hanged Executioner. Uh, I believe this card's from Core nineteen, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it's two. Ooh, is that the spirit? I want to. I want to. I want to take a shot at this yeah, one. Yeah, is that it. one the blue and two nope. for a one one spirit? Not blue. That... Not blue. 
Oh, white and two for a 1-1 spirit with flying. When it enters, you also make a 1-1 spirit with flying. And, oh, man, you can, like, pay two and sacrifice a spirit to exile a creature or something close, like that. Close, close, close. It's four mana, exile himself, exile target creature. Got it, got it. Yeah, this card was really I interesting. This was a card. And I, the reason I, I never thought about it, and the reason I think it actually did really, really well, is that you sacrifice your two drop, uh, and you go get it, and then when you have fires up on your turn, boom. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And it also is a tutorable way to kill an Elishnor. I was playing ECD like a goof goober, and this guy already figured out that Hanged Executioner was the way around an opposing Elishnorn. Oh, see, I had said um, Binding of the Old Gods. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I don't. I've seen I don't a lot of people think, play that. You can't support Black in this deck too too well. You can only like run one, yeah. maybe two cards of it, and I I think that's already sus. But um, yeah, the rest of this list looks really stock. Uh, he added Oath of Chandra's, which I think is really interesting. Uh, I wasn't really a fan of that card. Uh, Kenrith is back. My hippo god is gone. I don't get to draw a bunch of cards off Kruga. Uh, right. I understand Kenrith is back because it works really, really well when there's an Elish Norn on the other side. That is why it is. Yeah. Yeah. Kruga does not do really well into an Elish Norn. If anything, kind of does really bad. Uh, but in the sideboard, we don't really see anything too interesting. I think he he's playing temporary lockdown in the board, which I am not a fan of. But if it worked for him, he he did better than me. So what do I know? So. Um. But a lot of the, all of these lists were really solid, and I like I said, I think there was a lot of new innovative ideas that were put forward, like Team CFB coming up with the creativity list that just did really well. You mean to run through the rest of the top sixteen? Uh, sure, go for it. I mean, just the archetypes. You don't need yeah, to Yeah, so yeah, ninth place. David Inglis was on Absent Grease Fang. Uh, Chi Hui Hang was on Mono White uh, Humans in tenth place. We had Reactive Sacrifice with Marcio Carvalho. In 11th place, Lotus Field. Uh, in 12th place, with Tristan Wild Larue. Uh, Jean Emmanuel Dupraz uh, had, is it Phoenix in 13th? Rakdos Midrange was uh, Kazune Kosaka uh, in 14th place. 15th was Joe Lawsett with Lotus Field combo. And 16th was Azoria Spirits by Daniel Kristoff. Mm. And I do want to say I'm kind of happy that um, Celestia Angels, my deck, made a uh, top 20. That's pretty cool. We had another Abs and Auras. All right, love it. Yep. Uh, so the way the tournament ended up going out, uh, we saw Reed Duke uh, beat Brenton Madsen. So creativity beat Auras in the finals. That's uh, cool. 3-0. And the thing that makes mm-hmm. the thing that's really funny to me about this was I remember being at work on Friday, uh, pull up the Magic stream, and the very first round of Pioneer that was played was Reed Duke versus Brenton Madsen in round four. Uh, it was it was they uh, they predicted on the desk that Reed Duke was gonna absolutely wipe the floor with Brenton. Uh, there was the segment that was like uh, Maddie and the Machine or whatever, uh, huh. and then boom, Brenton two O's Reed Duke, like very quickly. And I That's thought it funny. was the the funniest because now we come back and well Reed Duke got his revenge. There we the go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well. I think that covers all the results, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about, because I had a couple questions for you guys, if you don't mind moving on. Yeah, let's move on. So my next question is, you know, after seeing all these results from the Pro Tour, do you think that, you know, these results are going to impact the metagame at all? Will people be playing more Lotus Field now, or, you know, will they be playing some more, is it creativity? Like, how do you guys uh, expect this to, to change the Pioneer metagame in the coming month? 
I think boggles I could see popping back up. You know, I don't feel like creativity or Lotus Field was unheard of to be seeing that online a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we'll see like a resurgence, but I think I think when you're playing a league, what I used to find was you would see a lot of the same decks. Like I had leagues where I'd see like Mono Green three times and I had leagues where I'd see Rakdos three times. I think we're going to see a lot more diversity in the meta, which I think is really good. It, it, diversity already existed, but we saw a little bit more towards the top and the bottom, and I think it, this is going to really equalize it. Okay. Yeah, I could I could definitely see Auras getting picked up just because it's a casual deck, and we do have a lot more people that casually play Pioneer, I think, than people that grind it. I don't know if we'll see so many people bringing it to... Uh, you know, like the RCQs and stuff like that. I think in the RCQs, we'll probably see more Lotus Field and creativity. But like at just regular events, I think you'll see a lot of like auras. Um, you know, the Sacrifice put up some good numbers too. Maybe uh, Grease Thing will also be back. So I think that's how that will affect uh, Pioneer, depending on what where you're playing in the next uh, month or so. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, we saw all these cards. We talked about... How you know how many of the you know Skrell, for example showed up in these these top decks and uh, Wizards actually posted a really good article um, you know during their Pro Tour Phyrexia Pioneer uh, metagame breakdown uh, that talked about how many cards from Phyrexia all will be one uh, were played and I wanted to ask you guys what cards would you say overperformed in your opinion and which cards underperformed. Like I would say, Skrelf overperformed. Like seeing how many, how much it showed up. Yeah, I definitely didn't have that anywhere on my radar. I, I didn't have Miglerth hmm. or the Maze Crusher Miglos, on my. Yeah. yeah, did not have that anywhere near. I I think that's a good one. I think yeah. I was really high on Bloated Contaminator. I was about to say Bloated Contaminator. I was really so high on that, high so high I was on. like, oh my god, I'm so excited. And then I don't see any of that, but yeah, I did get so my shot calls correctly. <laughs> I did get some of my shot calls correctly. When I think Ossification performed adequately. I think that card. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw eight copies in main decks with three in the sideboard. I think it performed exactly where I thought it would. Um, and then I think Mommy underperformed as well. Hmm. I think I think that card I thought we'd see a lot more play. I think more than uh, the Elish Norn, I think the one that's surprising me is Atraxa. Uh, she's showing up in so many other older formats. The fact that she had some hype for Pioneer but didn't show up makes me think that, like, huh, maybe there is still a home for her out there. But mm-hmm. it's definitely not showing up yet. Yeah, um, I think I think we have to. I think we haven't found the best Atroxa build in Pioneer yet because the metagame is really awkward because you have to be able to uh, deal with Monograin. Uh, be fair enough to play against Rakdos and also be able to stop all the creature ogre decks while also being able to stop Lotus. So it's really hard for new decks to emerge in this format. Mm. So that's why Atroxa hasn't exactly poked through yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see her soon. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... uh, Well, just one more final thing I wanted to say was I think that we will see the, uh, the format still evolve during the season before the next set comes out in April. Um, like you said, Atraxa still needs to find, or not, yeah, Atraxa still needs to find a home. And I think there's gonna be a couple more uh, decks that are gonna be optimized and stuff like that. So during the RCQ season for uh, phase, was it phase three? Yeah, round three, cycle three, phase whatever, three, cycle three, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, but I, I definitely think we'll see a couple new uh, new decks come out and uh, more optimized build, and I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. But Kevin, yeah, you wanna take us out then? 
All right, I'll lead us out to our outro here. So if you guys enjoy this kind of content, if you want to hear more about it, go ahead and follow us at MTG Pioneer on Twitter. You can also find a link to our Discord there where you'll be able to keep up to date with all kinds of things going on in Pioneer. Talk to our hosts and, you know, just have fun talking Pioneer things. That was my high-speed <laughs> ramble. Uh, Ashiok, why don't you go ahead and go through some socials? Uh, I would love to. Uh, Dreams of Ashiok on Twitter. Your boy is back-to-back, face-to-face top eight winners with very, or not to winners, uh, top eighters uh, with very nice. different decks. It's a very fun time over there. Still posting all my goofy content. Uh, Ashiok Nightmare Weaver on Twitch. Uh, that's shout out to uh, shout out to the Alberta people as well. That's all I got to say. Right. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Yo Japan Hobbyist. I hope I can see you on there. Or uh, I've been taking over the uh, MTG Pioneer uh, Twitter from time to time to kind of post my my polls and stuff like that. So be sure to you know check those out. And yeah, I hope to see you guys in the Discord as well. Thank you very much. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Pro Tour competitors, for all of your great additions to the Pioneer content. Uh, thank you, Ashok, for joining us. We always appreciate your additions to the show. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. We are the first Pioneers podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. Your first Pioneers are getting worse every week. <laughs>